Hello, I'm Rebecca, the founder of Trio, and welcome to Pep Talks with Trio. Trio is the leading solution for workplaces to support their people during every life transition, from starting a family to retiring and every life event in between. On Pep Talks with Trio, we chat to our expert partners for advice on how to best navigate these common, complex and often messy life stages that happen during our working career. Keep listening as we connect the dots between life and work with a simple aim of education and empowerment. After all, life happens at work. Today on Pep Talks with Trio, we're speaking with one of our mental health experts, Steve Kay, about mental health and well-being at work. Steve, thank you for being here. And please, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks, Becca. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, Steve Kay. I've worked in the clinical environment for uh, over 20 years. Um, I wanted to kind of bring that expertise to the forefront and how we can help people and how we can look at uh, return to work and, and proactively uh, manage uh, mental health. Fantastic. So 20 years, this is a long time in this space. It is. So how have you seen the industry change in those two decades? starting in, in mental health in the late 1990s I've seen a huge change um, a very positive change um, in, in how we manage mental health and, and the stigma attached to uh, mental health and discrimination that used to be present I mean back you know early 2000s people weren't talking about mental health um, it wasn't spoke about it was quite a taboo topic within the workplace and I think now we're actively encouraged and we see the benefit of talking about mental health and opening up and and that it's okay to have a mental health problem as we know one in five people will experience a mental health problem um, within their lifetime um, so it's it's great that we've kind of opened up that space and from looking at a, a health perspective when I worked in healthcare um, 20 years ago it was under-resourced, uh, wasn't recognised. It was, um, you know, kind of the, the poor relation within the healthcare sector. Mm. Um, and now it's getting the recognition it deserves and and also um, kind of that promotion that we, we need to continue with mental health, um, both in, in within the community, but also within um, corporate health. Yeah. The, in terms of the, you know, how we remove that stigma, how we normalise it, Surely this has got to be one of the first stages of support, you know, early intervention, getting people the support they need and feeling that they're in a safe environment to speak up. Absolutely. Um, it's it's really important to be supported. So as a, a, a leader or an, an organisation that um, they feel um, comfortable in, in addressing mental health and talking about it and also showing vulnerability as well. I think that's really important. Um, I think if organisations, you know, em, you know, empower that, that culture um, where people feel safe, where early intervention is supported and, you know, psychosocial hazards are identified in the workplace because some industries are, you know, inherently risky um, with uh, the occupations and we can minimise risk, but we can't eliminate it. So I think we need to always be prepared. There is potential for psychological injury at work, um, but it's around the ongoing management and assessing of that risk, um, which is really important. Mm. One in five, it's, you know, it's, that's so high, isn't it? And potentially, you know, maybe we're even, you know, have worse numbers than that over the last few years. And I know you won't mind me saying, but obviously out of both of us on this platform and this mm. podcast today, we've both had our own mental health challenges 
yeah. over you know the our lifetimes to, to date oh. and you know I can certainly remember I was in my early 20s it was I felt like I was you know in a black hole I had constant pressure on my chest couldn't you know couldn't see light at the end of the tunnel it was really you know after a long period of time it's it's actually really hard to see how you can continue because there's not you know the relief doesn't seem to be coming so you know this was 20 plus years ago for me so mm-hmm. it, you know and things have definitely changed along a lot a lot since then and you know I think finding your own toolkit and um ways of working for you are, are really you know empowering mm-hmm. um but how important do you think this lived experience is when you're you know, designing or understanding mental health from a workplace perspective or even from a leader perspective? Look, I think it's advantageous. I think it's really helpful to have that lived experience and it's vital in service design. So health design and also, um, you know, corporate health, I think it can really benefit how policies are developed and, and, and how culture is, is kind of fostered within within the organisation. Um, I've certainly had one episode of depression whilst working for a corporate um, employer and very was very well supported and encouraged very you know gradually to, to return to the workplace um, conversely had an episode of anxiety whilst working for health believe it or not so um, public health and did not have a, a, a very fortunate experience and that kind of amplified the feelings of negativity and thoughts about myself because of, uh, of the response I received from the employer. So I think I have that lived experience. I've managed people as well as a leader. Um, so I, I feel I have the tools now of how to support somebody who's struggling with their mental health in the workplace. Um, but I don't think everybody does. And one in five is high, but there are people who don't have mental health problems and yeah. they may not understand the concept or, or be fearful of how to approach that if they're an emerging leader, for example. Mm-hmm. And I think the beauty of what um, the mental health journey um, with TRIO is that it, it supports best practice, not only for the um the employee but also the leader um, of when to touch base and that it is okay to speak about mental health and I think we need to open that um, dialogue up Mm. around um, how we talk about mental health because it is okay and we need to approach it as we would a physical illness um, obviously with sensitivity and empathy Um, but once we have those lines of communication I think people recognize that it is okay and there is compassion and um, we can manage this and people can recover Um, hence you and I here we are today um, flourishing with with mental health and you know it is a life cycle it comes you know it can come and go and wax and wane or however however you want to approach it but um, yeah it's lifelong and I think as you said we have a toolkit and we learn from our experiences and that makes us stronger individuals yeah it's almost we have this need to rephrase it as mental wellness yes you know because um as we want to be physically well I think we also want to be emotionally and mentally well um you know I certainly you know just have implemented tools in my day-to-day life particularly around meditation and mindfulness and just being very sort of connected to you know how I'm feeling and you know my emotions on a day-to-day basis um but I do remember you know I think this is one of the important things around um destigmatizing and normalizing mental wellness at work is there's a big fear around this being a career limiting or perceived to be a career limiting situation or life events you know Mm -hmm. and 
you know, I certainly know that the last thing you want to do if you're going through any form of anxiety, depression or stresses that are affecting your mental health, that you're worried about keeping your job or you're worried about your career. Um, and then, you know, it's it's a multifaceted approach, isn't it? Because you can have an amazing organization which has a, you know, a great um culture of care but then if the leader is untrained or unsupported or like you say they haven't have had a lived experience as yet and you know the there is so much media around mental health and you know it's everyone's journey is so different and unique how do we know how to care for people you know it's not surprising people bury their head or they you know, don't want to talk about it as a leader. It's not surprising that if, you know, if you're an employee or an individual going through this period, mm. um, you know, it's also very unusual. And I think part of that is recognizing when it is a problem or when I'm just at a period of maybe burnout or stress, which are obviously, you know, uh, triggers and lead, you know, lead into mental health or am I just having a bad day? Am I just, you know, yeah. so how, are there any ways that, you know, people could kind of go well look if this is happening over a period of time then this is a sign you know what are the symptoms what should individuals be looking out for to start you know almost mentally saying hey this is becoming a bit of a problem and I should start seeking additional support yeah look absolutely I think um you know people if they're aware of their triggers and aware of, of subtle signs of deterioration. So often a, a really good, strong indicator that you're maybe starting to decline in your mental health is your sleep. So changes in your sleep patterns, often one of the first warning signs, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, increased anxiety. Uh, everyone has their own, as you said, unique kind of signs and, and symptoms of, of when they're starting to maybe not not travel too well. Um, and I think you learn that from experience. Um, often, if we were more open to it, we could reach out to our peers and, and, and they may be able to say, hey, how are you traveling okay today? You, you know, you don't see yourself, for example. And, and I think having that dialogue and, and that supportive environment can really help um, identify when you're not traveling so well and early intervention in terms of what you can do, maybe increase your exercise. Um, be aware of just simple things like your coffee consumption, for example. You know, there are very, there's things that we use widely, such as, caffeine alcohol um that in small amounts may be beneficial such as coffee um but um you know longer term um in excess um that can cause problems as well so we really need to know our own tolerance to things and our own threshold um and and really kind of learn from ourselves so i think it's about self-reflection um and that can be really hard for people to do some people i i think i'm naturally quite self-reflective possibly too much um but um for some people, it's a bit of a, uh, it, you know, it's a learning exercise. Yeah. And what about seeking medical treatment? Because there's, you know, there's so much stigma around, you know, this whole topic. Um, and, you know, obviously seeking medical treatment. Um, and I think it's great to find, you know, other ways that we can support ourselves outside of, you know, medication. But there shouldn't be any, um you know, barriers to going to the doctor, um, you, you know, at the earliest point of concern and then being sort of stepped through those stages. Mm. Look, we've we've made significant changes in terms of access to treatment. And I think that's a government initiative, which is brilliant. And we now have access to psychological intervention via a GP. So you have 20 sessions 
um, subsidised um, to see psychologists per, per year. Um, getting in to see a GP may be a problem depending on where you live, but I, I think now there's training, it's, it's, it's kind of embedded in everybody's um in all disciplines, um, yeah. their education programs around mental health awareness. Um, and GPs are a really good place to start if you're mm-hmm. struggling and just to have that chat um, and to see what's available. And as you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be medication. Medication has been sure to be very effective, mm-hmm. um, but talking therapies as well is, is really beneficial or, or counselling. Yeah. So really there should be no, um, there's no sort of main trigger point and there should be no barrier to anyone just open having that first conversation with their GP and just start at least uh, having that open dialogue so that they And can- also uh, EAP, so um, within organisations, um, you know, it's a minimum that they provide EAP um, and you could speak to a psychologist or, or social worker or mental health nurse within the EAP um, programs as well that organizations have for their staff mm. how important do you think the workplace is in and sort of what's what what role does it or should it play in supporting their people um and their people's mental health me- and mental well-being look is i it, think is it the role of the employer um look it's a good question i think it's vital that the employer provides the tools for employees to be well such as EUP um you know workplace initiatives um but it also there isn't there is onus on the employer as well so it's a kind of you know maintaining good mental health a bit like a gym workout you have to work hard um you and I know it doesn't come easily if you if you are struggling at times and you really do have to put that effort in so I think uh, it's it's both employee and and the organisation so they need to provide those tools and provide that culture where people feel um, comfortable to mm. disclose if they're having some difficulties. But yes, I would agree it's the employee as well where um, they need to um, we have to take responsibility yeah, yeah, for ourselves yeah. as well. And, uh, you know, from an employer's perspective, the sooner um, we as employers um, or organisations can address an employee's problem or challenge um or, you know, that early intervention, the sooner we can get them the support they need, you know, the sooner they're going to come through their recovery or the, we can soften the um, level or the extreme or the extent to um, their experience with a mental health challenge um, or illness, you know, so there are, you know, if we're going to be blunt, there are huge commercial benefits from organisations getting on board with it, you know, supporting their their employees' mental health, um, not just because it's the right thing to do and, you know, we should take a responsibility in terms of care and compassion for the people that work for us, but actually the sooner we get people treatment, the sooner they recover, the better it is for the individual, their family, the community, the team, the organisation, you know, it's the sooner we're talking about all of this stuff as if it is a broken arm or you know a physical you know physical wellness then um the better it is for everyone both inside work and outside work oh absolutely i i agree and I, and increased productivity um you know um reduced um absenteeism for example um yeah it has a plethora of benefits um to you know ensure that um the organizations are supporting staff through through mental health uh, and, and, and promoting good mental health as well and, and well-being 
Yeah, and that's probably a whole other conversation that we can have around, um, you know, promotion of good mental health and burnout and overwork and hustle culture and the grind and things like that. But we'll leave that to another day because that is a whole different um, discussion point. Um, But Steve, I've loved um, talking to you. It is a topic that is very close to my heart um, and I know yours too. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you for talking um, to me and we'll definitely have you on again to talk about a lot of other things related to mental health. so thank you it's been awesome thank you